Life Coach for Dogs with Tim Cornett. All right. Uh, welcome to the Dog Walker's Companion by Life Coach for Dogs. I'm the Life Coach for Dogs. My name's Tim Cornett. This is a podcast for Cleveland dog owners and only Cleveland dog owner, Northeast Ohio. If, if you're listening to this and you're an Arizona or something, log off now. We will not tolerate that. Welcome. We're talking with Ashley Mullaney of Neighborhood Pets, a great organization. If you've uh, listened to the handful of episodes before, uh, we... Uh, well, we've been pointing a uh, donate button uh, to of uh, towards towards them. I think they're a great organization, doing great work, and I think they're doing important work. And uh, yeah, I'll uh, I'll let Ashley tell you about it. Ashley, hello. Tim, thank you so much for that intro. We appreciate your support and sending people our way so much. Thank you. Oh well. Th- well, thank you. I yeah. I don't know if anybody's donated yet. <laughs> it's just it's the thought that counts, and it gets it all going, you know. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's no telling when somebody somebody can be listening to this in a year. And exactly. Like, and hopefully, we've raised at least twenty five, thirty bucks by then. Yeah, <laughs> at least uh, that'd be great. <laughs> yeah, like a half a bag of frogs. Uh, <laughs> that'd be great. I. Uh, I, I do. I like your organization a lot. I keep, I, the original plan was that I was going to, uh, to do like, Oh, I'm, I'm going to help this great organization. And then a pandemic hit and I, I really just haven't done anything. So uh, my neighbor, my relationship with neighborhood pets so far is just a bunch of promises. <laughs> <laughs> Well, this is a pretty awesome, this is a pretty awesome thing that you're doing. So, um, so we appreciate it. And, you know, there's support comes in all different ways. So we'll, we'll always take all the support we can get. Well, thank you. And, and yeah. when, uh, when the world's like opens up again, I, right. you know, I would love to continue. Uh, <laughs> Can't wait. <laughs> supporting. Can't wait. Uh, who knows what that looks like. Right. Uh, so, uh, Tell us this. This was actually kind of a, a hard interview to coordinate between you and uh, Becca Britton because uh, you guys are are so busy. Speaking very of, busy. Speaking of the pandemic, yeah. uh, neighborhood pets. Why don't Why don't you explain what neighborhood pets is? Yeah, and- I would love to. I would love to. Yeah. So, um, so neighborhood pets is an organization that it's we're a nonprofit and we folk our focus is on providing. Um, access to resources. Um, Originally, it was specific to just city of Cleveland residents that are also low income. Um, We're looking into some expansion options right now as far as taking in um, other surrounding cities, specifically cities, uh, or sorry, not cities, but areas like East Cleveland that are really, really in a, like a severe resource desert. Um, And this, some people listening could be familiar. The best way to kind of talk about it. is to start with the framework of an organization um, called HSUS, which most people in, in this world are familiar with. They started a program um, a few years back called Pets for Life. Um, their model, though, is a, it's a boots-to-ground method of connecting to people in communities that don't have access to resources. Um, so Becca Britton, our director, 
um, and founder of Neighborhood Pets, took that model and really wanted to make it sustainable for long-term accessible care for people. So basically what she did is she took it from a boots to ground method, meaning going and knocking on people's doors to um, how can we create an extremely welcoming environment in a brick and mortar format um, where we can create services that would, would allow people to want to continue to stay connected with us um, so that we can keep those relationships going so that we can provide continued support in whatever ways that looks like. So specific, specifically what our programming looks like on a day-to-day basis. Um, we have uh, basically uh, people qualify, they come in to sign up for membership and that's kind of where we make our initial connection. We provide uh, pet food assistance. We have a food pantry that's available for dog and cat food. And unfortunately these services right now are restricted to just cats and dogs. Um, maybe one day, not so much, but for now they are. And um, we have pet food pantries and we have $5 flea prevention for members. And then we schedule vaccination clinics or wellness clinics are called different things, but I call them vaccine clinics. <laughs> and we have those a few times a month um, to provide very affordable, cost-effective vaccinations for people. And then we also host um, uh, transport for our partnering spay-neuter clinics so that we can offer free spay-neuter for specific uh, zip codes. So from, you know, from a program perspective, those are kind of the basis of, of what we do on, on a functional level. But what it's really mostly a lot about is connecting to people, making relationships and really meeting people where they are to figure out what services do they need for their pets if it's beyond that. And then where can we go from there and how can we connect them to the right things? Now, can I say can I say why I like this service so much as opposed to other, I mean... There, there, there's like no real bad dog charities. I mean, like I'm there's there's ones that are better than others, but as long as you're helping dogs, like you know, right? It's, a good, <laughs> it's all good, right? Yeah, it's all good. You know, it's all it's, good. Yeah. Uh, I like this uh, just because it's kind of where my head's at. I, I mm-hmm. poor, poor low income people. I'm just, I'm, I'm poor, but I, you know, other people can be like, uh, you know, call them low low income, but I'm like, Mm -hmm. poor folk like us. Sure. (laughs) Uh, having a dog is, I mean, it happens. And if, if you are a low income person and you are looking for help with your dog, which is oftentimes, I mean, Dogs need help sometimes. They stuff pops up, vet trips, mm-hmm. vaccinations, mm-hmm. like you're saying, just uh, nail trims, the like really, really basic things, or just like weird things happen, and you're, you know, you need help, or you need you need to do something, and mm-hmm. if you look online, you don't you don't even necessarily get advice. You get judgment. You mm-hmm. get it's yep. You get tons of judgment. I can't yeah. count the n- amount of times I've seen or even heard people say, well, if you can't afford it, you mm-hmm. shouldn't have a dog. Yes. I hate that. I hate that. What yeah, do you and that, that, happens to all these dogs? Right. And that has been a driving force. So our, our part of our, you know, part of the mission is that it's really that we believe that everybody has the right to benefit from, you know, pet ownership and companionship. And when it gets to be 
that, you know, people are just looking for assistance and they're looking for help. And sometimes they, it's not even that they need a lot. They just need a starting point because they're overwhelmed or maybe they, you know, they just don't have access to that information at all. They just need somebody to talk to, to help problem solve. And a lot of times when they call specific places, they're just getting told, no, we don't do that. Or we can't do that. We don't offer that service here. And that to us is heartbreaking because we work in a, you know, right now, neighborhood pets, we just reached our, I think, 3,010th client representing, you know, each client you figure on average has, you know, anywhere from three to three to six pets. And out of all those people, I can tell you that very rarely is there a person that walks in our door that I would say isn't there trying their absolute very hardest to take care of their pets and probably putting their pets needs before their own needs. So it's definitely something we're super passionate about for that exact reason that you're saying that, you know, there's a lot of judgment out there. I'm definitely that kind of poor person. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have money for one McDouble. My dog is getting half. Right, right. Hold the onions. Yeah, no onions. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, it's, it's, it really is a great service. And it's it helps dogs before they become shelter dogs. Yeah, that's the whole point, right? The whole point is that the reason, most of the time, the reason why animals end up in shelters, um, and after, you know, I worked in shelters for, on and off for about 12, 11 or 12 years um, between Lake Humane Society, the ASPCA, Cleveland APL. So I've worked on all levels of shelters. Um, And I can tell you whether I was in Lake County, whether I was in New York City and whether I was in Cleveland, the reasons for surrender are always the same. It's usually because people have a medical condition with their pet that they can't figure out how to solve because they are getting all those no's and roadblocks about big money expenses that honestly, most people don't have access to. Even if you do have a full-time job, even if you are working multiple jobs or have a high paying job, vet care is expensive. And especially when you get into really specific medical needs. So, you know, that's, that's probably one of the biggest reasons people surrender pets. And then a lot of times it's things like, you know, landlords, not like a lot of people get evicted or they have to move because of X, Y, or Z, and then they can't take their animals with them is so much of the reason. And then as you know, and this is why you do what you do, a lot of people are surrendering because they don't, they didn't even know where to begin with puppy care to make sure that they socialize their dog in a way that set them up for success. So they get in over their heads with an adult dog that has behavior issues. Um, When they have the best intentions, they just did what they were taught as kids on how to raise puppies and, or as an adult dog, how to take care of an adult dog. And then they end up with these behavior things that they don't know, you know, what to do with. And man socialization. That's, that's, that's what, yeah. Yeah. With with all these, with all these shelter dogs or rest rescue dogs that I, that Mm -hmm. I'm, that uh, are my clients now. It, it is some variation on like, oh, this this dog didn't get exposed to something when they were young and now it freaks right. them out. Yeah, they're just scared. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Now, there was a, a recently a big announcement with City Dogs. City Dogs was, as I understand it, City Dogs is a function of Friends of the Cleveland Kennel. Am I getting that right? Yeah. So Friends of the Cleveland Kennel was the the large nonprofit 
um, that had these like sub programs, city dogs, neighborhood pets, plankton fun. Those were all programs of, uh, friends of the Cleveland kennel. And that's, that was Becca's, um, she was the founder of that as well, started all of those things. City Dogs was created that I might not be speaking to correctly. I think City Dogs was more like kind of a sub formulation developed by people uh, that were volunteering at the kennels. Um, but it was run by Friends of the Cleveland Kennel and, you know, funded by and all that stuff. So they, um, we just did a, a really awesome, it's a really great opportunity, honestly, for City Dogs and for neighborhood pets because. I think the support for both things got so big so quickly um, that we, I don't think anyone was honestly expecting it. So it really was a division to create better opportunities for, um, for donors to have a better understanding of the different programs. Um, And then also for there to be just clear, there was a lot of confusion about like which program, where was, where were people sending donations to how were people supporting where did they go to support like physical (laughs) space like did they go to this you know the city or did they come to neighborhood pets so it was just a really great chance for us to take the opportunity to say like how can we really maximize um both of these programs operating the best way they possibly can and i think separation was was really um in the best interest of both to create a lot of growth for for both programs so so neighborhood pets is officially its own nonprofit, which is super exciting um, so we're, we're really happy about that and excited about what that, you know, what's to come with that. So, uh, yeah, that's, that is actually a super great thing. Cause it's not, it, it's not only low income people with pet, with, uh, with like room for their pets. Cause I assume like when people come in and they're like, you know, I, I'm having trouble. I'm I'm having trouble getting by, can't pay my bills, having trouble feeding my children and my dog. I don't know what to do. You guys are like, well, here's some dog food. Good luck with the rest. And then show them the door. No, <laughs> no, we don't do that. <laughs> I would never do that. Oh, that made, me, that made me want to cry thinking of saying that to somebody. No, I mean, for us, for us, what's really important, it's, again, it's, it's, we, it's, it's a lot of, um, I'm careful about using the term handholding because I think that can come across as being um, like derogatory or like putting people down. And that, and that's not what I mean when I say by that. I mean, handholding in a way that's, it's comfort care. It's making sure we're with people every step of the way when they come to us for help. So if we have a client that comes to us and says, I have all of these things happening, um, we're going to start, basically it's meeting them where they are. You can kind of tell intuitively, is somebody at a point where they're ready to surrender their pet? Um, or are they really looking for resources to keep their pet in their home? Um, and, and then kind of going from there. So, but there definitely are situations where people, they are not in a position to keep an animal. And we're very aware of that. You know, we don't, we don't ever want people to have a pet in there. You know, we're also looking out for the pets as well. Um, and that's when it comes in handy to have really close relationships with our neighboring shelters, and things like that so that we can really problem solve what is in the best interest of this pet. Is it to stay in this home with this family? Um, or is it time for us to look for another option for them? Uh, obviously our biggest goal is always to keep them with their families, but sometimes that's not what's in the best interest of the animal, you know? You know, rehoming pets is, n- and this is more for listeners. I'm, I'm not necessarily telling you, Ashley, uh, <laughs> rehoming. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just going to preach to you about things you already <laughs> agree with. Like this is Twitter. Uh, the, uh, 
you know, rehoming pets is sometimes the right thing to do. And I know a lot of the standard criticism of that is like, I could never do that. Would you rehome your child? If I was poor enough, yes. <laughs> That's if, if you got it really on hard times, you got to do what you got to do. Sometimes you got to send your kids to live with grandma or aunt mm-hmm. Viv and uncle Phil, you know, it, it yeah, happens. Circum- circumstances get, I mean, and the, I think the other thing to keep in mind um, with us too, that it's hard for people to have this perspective. Um, but a lot of the, a lot of what we're working with is not like, general poverty it's deep deep poverty um mm-hmm. and again you know and that's where things can get a little bit tricky because there is a limit to accessible resources um but that's why you know meeting people in their individual circumstances with where they are is so important to us because just because somebody doesn't have a ton of money um doesn't necessarily mean that they don't have the heart or the right to have a single cat (laughs) or, you know, to, you know, should they have four dogs and, you know, a bunch of dogs with behavior problems. And, uh, when they already have a ton of kids and, you know, things like that, you know, maybe that's not, um, maybe that's not going to set everybody up for success. Um, but that's where you kind of start with that conversation of what, what is within your capacity? What do you have the resources for? And then where can we step in to either, you know, help you maybe rehome some of those pets or um, talk about how we can, you know, get you set up in a more long-term way to be able to take care of those pets. Like, what does that look like for your future? You know? Um, So it's just, it's a lot of conversation on a one-on-one basis. Uh, Which makes sense because every, everybody's got a different story. Yes, exactly. Exactly. uh... I listen to a lot of country music, so I'm always like, I'm. I, I was uh, just telling Jeremy before I like started this. Like, I just assume the way that I think is the way that the nation feels. I'm like, you know, us poor folk. But I realize not everybody like thinks like that. Sure. <laughs> in in my mind, we're all in like. We're all in like uh, overalls and those old coal mining pictures with the deep sunken eyes and the sepia tones. And just, sure. I just need my dog and the together we'll go get business. Exactly. That's all we need to get by. Right. <laughs> you know, it, <laughs> um, on the other hand, uh, on the other end of it, uh, what would somebody do if they wanted to volunteer and in what ways can they volunteer and uh, so on? Yeah. So right now with, um, with everything transitioning, we are taking a little bit of a break and onboarding new volunteers until we, we have um, some more things set in place. Um, We did our volunteer coordinator stepped away. So right now we're just kind of, we have a lot of transitions happening at this moment. Um, but typically they would want to reach out to us. Um, usually via email is the best way to get in touch with us at our, um, info at, I'm going to butcher this probably, but I think it's <laughs> info. It's at on the volunteer. website. Great. It's on the website. It's our volunteer email. Um, they can reach out to us there. And so there's a lot of really cool opportunities and, uh, things for people to get involved. Um, the biggest thing that we always need help with, we need really outgoing people who really, really care about people to help at our resource center. And we're there on Tuesdays and Thursdays from 12 to 4, Saturdays 10 to 2. 
Um, we really hope to expand those hours and those days, um, but we, you know, it, it's helpful to have more consistent support. Something that's really important to our clients is seeing their is regular faces, building relationships with people that don't just disappear. They need to see regular people there. Um, so really dedicated volunteers that are able to help during those times and are there for the people and not just the pets. Um, so that, so those are those hours for retail, we call it retail outreach basically at our resource center. And then we have these really cool things like the vaccine clinics are super fun because. I, I, I wait, before you, before you go on to that, when you say the retail outreach, that's actually the, that shop is a great place to like buy pretty dog, like dog essentials. You got yes, Kongs. Come shop. You got, yes. Yes. Yeah. You got Kongs. You got, yes. uh, it's it's like the Wonder Bread warehouse of dog food. It's like <laughs> yeah, it's, so it's have, like nothing but a Mark's aisle. It's great. Yeah, it's so it's, it's yeah, so we, discounted. We try to tell people. It's funny because we're like it's it's actually we have some really good items there, and all of the purchases that happen in the retail shop um, are, are that is revenue that helps us keep our doors open. So people always feel bad when they're not clients. They're like, oh, I don't want to buy things here. And I'm like no, please buy things here. This is super helpful. We have, um, we, you know, try to keep like freedom harnesses in stock and easy walk harnesses and Kongs and, um, non-members can always purchase flea meds from us. They're 10 bucks for non-members, um, which is obviously super, super cheap compared to probably most flea medications. Um, yeah, no, that's crazy. A safe product, you know, so it, it's great. And for members, it's only $5. So, um, so it's, it's, you know, it's definitely a good place to come and shop. Even if you're not, if you're not a member, um, we're, we're happy to have you. And we just like everybody to see what we're doing. <laughs> and when you're there, you'll probably get told we love you. Cause we tell everybody that we love them. And, you know, so it's, it's a good way to, to start your day or to, you know, take some time on a Saturday to stop in and just see what we do. So um, it, so yeah. it is a very like loving environment there. Yeah, there's a lot, a lot of love going on. <laughs> with, <laughs> with two great cats. Yes, Tommy and Henry are, are stars. They're our, our mascots. Tommy and Henry. They actually are from. Um, they originally lived at um, the city kennels. And when city uh, moved over to Detroit, they weren't able to take the cats with them. So uh, the problem is, is Tommy and Henry don't have the best um, bathroom etiquette. <laughs> mm. So they couldn't find anyone to actually like take them into their homes. Um, but they're very happy at neighborhood pets. They have lots of windows to look out and a lot of friends that come to visit them. So definitely stop by and say hi to them. <laughs> they're, they're so friendly. And, they're so sweet. Uh, and they've got such great personalities. They do. They're great. <laughs> They're great. I think that's that's uh, that's pretty much it. I'd love to touch base with you again at some point down yeah. the road when things have settled down. Sure. Because uh, like things have just happened a lot at once. But yeah. just it's... recap. Just to recap for people that that if you want to support neighborhood pets, which I. Tim Cornette, life coach for dogs. Think you should do because mm -hmm. it helps. It helps people get this need help and are asking for help. <laughs> <laughs> That's it's crazy. It's crazy. Uh, yeah, it's it's a crazy thing that happens. Mm -hmm. uh, so, 
you can support them by donating directly online. Uh, you can support uh, directly to their COVID-19 fund. That's also directly on their website. If you would like to volunteer, uh, either cool your jets and learn about dogs until their volunteer coordinator comes back online and stuff comes back together, or you can email them about retail help Tuesdays and Thursdays, or... You can shop in the dang store on East 65th, which if you're from out of town, that'd be a come in with your suburb money and shop in, in Slavic village. Absolutely. I love it. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Come in. Come, <laughs> throw some of that Westlake money around Slavic village and see what happens. <laughs> Slavic village appreciates it. <laughs> uh, thank you so much, Ashley, yeah, uh, for coming thank on. Thank you so much to Jeremy, our, uh, our editor and recorder of golden ox studios, uh, for all of, uh, if you have a podcast, uh, burning in your mind and you need uh, and you need somebody contact Jeremy at Golden Ox Studios but it better not interfere with this podcast it better not I don't know where I was going with that I shouldn't have I don't know I guess we're going to end this uh, podcast on a threat to Jeremy <laughs> or a threat to any podcasters out there uh, donate to Neighborhood Pets uh, all the links and stuff will be on the appropriate website Ashley, thank you so much. Thank you, Tim. Have a great night. <laughs> you too. Say Thanks. hello to that bird for me. Oh, no problem. We'll do. <laughs> <laughs> hey, kid. What? You want to hear a story? Why not? It's about how awesome uh, these dogs.